This is Kim Balorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. This past week, I had the privilege of accompanying a small group of seniors from my son's school to Mexico for spring break. And as we were waiting in line at the airport um, with our masks on, socially distanced, we were getting ready to board our flight to Cancun. And this woman comes barreling through with her her mask on her chin and she's yelling, "Um, they called group seven, I need to get through. And she's pushing people out of the way as she's literally um, running to the front of the line to get onto the plane. Now, there were nine groups boarding, I think. We were in group eight. We were waiting our turn. And, um, you know, a couple people kind of laughed and said, you know, okay, Karen. Someone else made a comment of, you know, you, yes, you, you better hurry and, and run and push everyone out of your way so you can get to your reserved seat um, because the seats were, in fact, reserved. And, and I had this, <laughs> this thought of, like, what actually makes someone a Karen? And also... Um, how is it that we all were thinking the same thing in that moment? Um, Because I know I was. So we're going to take a lighter approach to the podcast today and and sort of talk about that. But I want to first apologize because I I know a lot of wonderful people who are named Karen. And um, it feels a little bit unjust to be, you know, giving voice to this idea that now there is a, a a name for for people who behave in the way that this woman just did and, and a couple other examples I'm going to share with you. And then I also had this thought that people named Karen actually really know how to defend themselves. And I think we can all agree that this isn't about a specific person named Karen. It's really about an idea of the way people behave in certain circumstances. And if we're being honest, I think the reason that this sticks, the reason this became so popular, so widely accepted, and why everyone just immediately understands that that is exactly what is happening when it is happening is because we've either done it ourselves or we recognize the tendency to want to do it. Now, that might be a hard thing to admit, but I can admit myself that I even had a moment on this vacation where um, I, I really lost my mind. And in reflecting on this in a really unscientific way, I think it comes down to three specific things. The first is tunnel vision. In these moments when people like lose it and um, can't see that they're not the only person in the world, right? That they can't see that there's an issue bigger than themselves. They can't recognize that they're amongst a group of people who all have a similar goal, who are all waiting for the same thing, who are all trying to achieve the same thing when, you know, their need is bigger than everybody else's, I honestly think that sometimes they don't see everybody else. They only see themselves. Now, granted, this is giving people the benefit of the doubt, but I tend to do that. I'm an optimist. So um, we're going to go with that, right? My podcast, my view. Um, so, So I think tunnel vision has a lot to do with it. On the heels of tunnel vision, I think anxiety comes in. So When I think about this woman who plowed through, and I'm sorry, I keep laughing. It just was so funny. Um, This woman who plowed through the crowd and literally pushed people out of the way, there has to be a component of anxiety. That's not behavior you would typically see in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a time when people are really working hard to be orderly in the way that they achieve a goal. 
it it was very counterintuitive to what was what was happening and there was an urgency to it that that felt panicked so perhaps it was um, an inexperience with travel. It was uh, just, I don't really know, or I, I'm scared to fly and I need to get my butt in the seat, or I'm not going to make it. You know, I don't know. Um, the behavior made it hard to find empathy in that moment. But I definitely recognize when I think about people who act like that, there has to be some kind of component of anxiety or fear that's attaching to the way they're acting. And then the last thing is just a freaking negative outlook. The attitude of people who are constantly bitching and complaining and trying to throw other people under the bus or trying to get first in line or trying to make themselves the, you know, the most important person in in the room and in the moment tend to have sort of a negative outlook um, of, of the world, of, of their life. And and again, that's that's kind of sad, but... I think that these three things come together to create a perfect storm for behavior that we all look at and go, okay, Karen. Um, so another example was when we were getting ready to board the flight home, there was a woman who just had the grumpiest face standing in front of me. And she turns to me and said, you know, did you have a problem with your ticket also? And I said, um, no. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. But you could just tell there was a storm brewing, right? Now, if you've never traveled to um, to another country or to another airport, I mean, I just want to say Americans have this very interesting way of thinking that our way of doing things should automatically be happening in other places. And that's just not the case, right? If you're in another country, then we need to be prepared to do things the way that they do them. And it might be completely different. It might be a completely different system. It might um, seem less organized. It might actually be less organized. I don't know. But frankly... You know, we need to adapt to the way other people do things rather than walk around the world expecting everybody will adapt to us. And in Mexico, a lot of times they don't assign the gates until an hour before the flight because they could change. You know, I don't know why, but that's what happens. Well, this woman was losing her mind over it. So she's simmering and bitching and moaning in this line and she's supervising a bunch of kids, um, I'm assuming from another school. And we get up and we're trying to just get on the the plane to get home. And as they're looking at her boarding pass, she starts yelling at the poor people trying to, to get us on the plane. Who do I file a complaint with American Airlines with? This is unacceptable. This whole experience has been unacceptable. I got to the airport. There was no gate. And she's just going on and on. Um, and I chose to continue boarding the plane because I, I didn't I didn't want to hear it. I left her standing there. But again, everyone was saying, OK, Karen. Um, the, the tunnel vision, right? Literally in this moment, the tunnel vision of there's hundreds of people trying to board a flight to go home. You're trying to set an example for kids. And all you can think about is how this impacted you. Nobody knew the gate, but yet it's outrageous to you. This doesn't make any sense. Um, again, I'm going to assume there's some anxiety, you know, maybe not knowing the gate created some anxiety for her, but I'm also going to say, negative outlook, right? Um, maybe a little gratitude for being happy that you were even on this vacation, that you're returning safely, that everybody's in one piece. You know, you can always look at a situation in a positive way and you can always look at a situation in a negative way. And I think the people who are getting this label of Karen um, tend to look at the world in a negative way. So 
I wish I could tell you this was the end of the story with this woman, but it wasn't. So we get on the plane and she ends up in the exit row and I hear this commotion and I look up and she's arguing with the flight attendant. The flight attendant is attempting to get compliance for the, will you help your fellow passengers off the plane in the case we go down and, you know, we need to evacuate. And she's arguing with her. She's parsing the the sentences. And I hear the flight attendant saying, I just need a yes, ma'am. I just need a yes. Well, the woman wouldn't give it to her. And then I guess eventually she did because she wasn't reseated. But the point is, I mean, come on, like life is freaking hard enough that we don't need to be making an issue. We don't need to be making it about ourselves in every possible moment. And while I really firmly believe in self-advocacy, when you are in a, in a situation where you need to speak up for yourself or you need to speak up for someone else because there is a real situation, there is a wrong happening or clarification is required, you know, the timing, the delivery, all of that's really, really important. And I would encourage anyone to do it. But raging simply to rage is is what is at the heart of this idea, I think, of, you know, what is a Karen and why we find it so off-putting. I talk about this a lot, that we are oblivious to our collective situation so much of the time. We're oblivious to the way our behavior impacts people around us. We're not thinking about the people to the right of us, to the left of us, the person who's working, who's trying their best to do whatever it is they can. And yet, you know, we're going off on them because something isn't quite right to our satisfaction in that moment. When we think only about ourselves and we fail to realize that we're part of something so much bigger and that every single person around us is impacted by our energy, by our statements, by our mood, by the way we present ourselves, by the way we show up, we have a tendency to go off the rails with, you know, a combination of tunnel vision, anxiety, and negative outlook. So while it's amusing to see somebody acting the way that, you know, I guess what has come to be known a Karen acts, I think we all have a tendency in moments to behave in that particular way. And it can be easy to say, oh, I would never do that. But the truth is, I think if we if we think about it, we we might. Um, I had a moment on this trip where I I really um I really I didn't behave well. And we had to take a COVID test to to head back. And the hotel told us we could do it on the last day, like literally the day we were leaving because we went on an excursion and when we showed up to do the COVID test on the last day, they acted like they had no idea why they let us do it in this manner and that it was going to be an issue. And it was unorganized and there were tons and tons of people waiting and the people had been waiting for over an hour to get their test taken. And here we're getting ready to depart. We need a negative test to return to the US and no one seems to know which end is up. And I start to get panicked and I start to think, oh my gosh, if we can't get our letter, we can't get home and I need to get home and my dogs and my this and I'm, I've got these kids with me. And, you know, so I start to feel that again, that panic and I get that tunnel vision. Well, there's all these people waiting there. They're all, you know, similarly, I don't know if they're leaving the same day. They probably aren't, but, you know, they've all been waiting and my need to get my test done became the most important thing to me in that moment. And if I could have gotten my group of people in ahead of everyone else, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have done it in that in that moment. 
Um, and it was only when Ray looked at me and he was like, Hey, you know, like take a breath here. They're there. Everybody's waiting. Everybody's in the same situation. It's going to be all right. I was able to kind of calm myself back down and be like, okay, you know what? It'll be what it'll be. It'll be fine. The reason I, I feel like it's so important to share this is it's really easy to get on a high horse about the way other people behave. And it's easy to judge without compassion. But I think that if we're honest, we all have moments where we have a tendency to be a Karen. Um, my best advice is check yourself, right? Check yourself. When you start to have that tunnel vision and you think you're the only person in the world, before you act, before you rage, before you make a scene, before you decide you need to, to do something about it, consider who else is in the same situation as you. And if you're going to act, perhaps act on the collective's behalf, not just your own, right? If something is making you feel anxious, try to identify that anxiety and deal with that rather than just take it out on everyone around you. And if you're walking around with a negative outlook, especially right now, do your best to find some things to be seriously grateful for. There's a lot to be grateful for in any moment, no matter how bad it may seem. I honestly think you can always find something to show gratitude for if your feet are on the ground and you are breathing air. Last reason not to be a Karen is karma is a freaking bitch. Remember that woman I've been talking about, right? The one who was complaining about American Airlines, complaining about her ticket, complaining about not having a gate, not wanting to help her fellow passengers off the damn plane if it crashed. Well, as we were all leaving the airport at nine o'clock at night after a full travel day, she had been pulled into secondary customs inspection and was having every article of her belonging searched. Um, so there's that. This is Kim Balorchi, and you've been listening to Boldly Stated. I wish you a week of love and gratitude and all good things. And remember your comments, thoughts, suggestions, feedback, anything you want to tell me, it's always welcome. You can reach me at kim at boldlystated.com. And last thing, I have three spots left for the workshop I'm doing on April 10th for college and graduate students. If you want information on that, go to my website, boldlystated.com and check it out. It's a really, really amazing day and, um, a really great opportunity for some deep diving and personal growth.